Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Barcadero, everybody's clawing his neighbor for a quick buck, and everybody knows it. Sure, if you call your work something else, who are you fooling? I let boats when that pays off, and in between, I do what I can to keep something on my hip besides a handkerchief. If you'd been along with me a few days ago, you'd have known that I was ready for work. A friend of mine called Ira had an inside tip on a hot horse in the third race at Bay Meadows. I'd gone down there to see if I could promote the news into currency. It was a good idea, except that my horse was still running in the third when they started the fourth. All I had left of my bankroll was an empty feeling. After checking through my pockets, I went out on the highway and started back to town. I was still unlimbering my thumb when a long, low roadster pulled up beside me. It was a very expensive job, including the driver. She was just about old enough to vote, and if she did, and the candidates weren't blind, they'd have spent all their time on her corner. Is I on my way, mister? I'd sure like to be. How do you know which way I'm going? The scenery's good wherever it's located. <laughs> the shy type. Uh, you want me to stammer? No, but you could wait until we're introduced. Will Novak clear the air any? My name's Lydia Reynolds. Novak. Haven't I heard about you somewhere? If you have, you ought to change your friends. Oh, you're sort of a lone wolf detective or something. Well, you got three votes there. One of them ought to win. Well, if you're any of those, maybe I could use you. You look like you could afford it. Oh, that's no problem. If money's no problem, you aren't really worrying. What do you call fear? Narrow it down. I can't. Well, have you ever felt as if something were hovering over you and yet you didn't know what it was? Could be a blackjack or a second zombie. Will you help me? All I can do for nightmares, lady, is keep you up late. More real than that, believe me. So's the money hiring me will cost you. You'll do it, then. You could be a sort of... of a bodyguard. Do I get to fill in the pauses? Well... 
least I won't have to worry about you keeping your mind on your work. Wait here. I have to make a phone call. She walked away, and it was smooth and easy to watch, like a bird gliding on a bit of wind. When she got out of sight, I began to think about the hire. I'd heard of rich dames doing crazy things, but this was crowding the record. Nobody hires a watchman to stand off a bad dream. I felt like a guy getting ready to fly with a pair of homemade wings. It could be thrilling. Then what else? But what else began to develop right away? A car pulled up near me with two men in it. One of them got out. A big guy with a kind of a face you see in ads for men's swimming trunks, handsome and a little vacant. He came over to the car. He wanted to talk. Got a match, buddy? Yeah. Here. Thanks, buddy. It's a nice car you got there. Mm-hmm. Must have set you back three or four grand. It's only money. Yeah. What'd you say your name was? If you're selling anything, I don't want it. Give me back my matches. I didn't catch the name, buddy. The wind's against you. Try shutting your mouth. You have to be nasty. You've got the ways that make it come easy. You know, I could teach you manners if I had time. You ain't built to teach me anything I don't want to learn. No, well, I can try. Starting with, what's this in my hand? So you're loaded. So let's drive down the road and see what else I can learn you. Like remembering your name, for instance. Head right into the city. You do know where the city is, don't you? Look, sucker, if you're out to roll me, you grab the wrong goose. Don't tell me you're broke. Try the second $5 window down at Bay Meadows. You're broke in three grand worth of auto? <laughs> that makes about as much sense as stuttering Dan O'Brien. So you bet on a three-legged horse. Let's break it up and forget it. We're coming into town now. I might as well ride it out. Besides, this ain't my crate. I summed a ride from a dame I was waiting for when you started waving around the artillery. You're telling me? Her name's Lydia Reynolds. Look. Drive up that alley before you get lost. Hey, you knucklehead, it's a dead-end street. That's all right. From here on, you're riding on a... Oh. When I came to, it was raining. Not much. Just a faint drizzle. It felt nice on the back of my neck and my hair. As things came back into focus, I found out I was still behind the wheel. I was leaning like a flower a week after the wedding. My head felt big enough for a size 30 hat. I could count every pulse beating aches. Didn't get any better when someone started shaking me. A big, rough hand. It had been a gold mine for a rug-cleaning outfit. I turned my head enough to see a flock of vest buttons bulging over a belt. Come on, Novak. The show's a turkey. Uh, go away, Helman. This ain't an apple cart. Work's no good, Novak. You'll never make Broadway. Stop shaking me. What do you think I am, a whiskey sour? Don't worry. You haven't begun to shake. Whittle the judge starts to read the papers at you for You think I stole the car? There's that and there. So they caught up with you. They took you off homicide and put you on a hot car detail. I can see now where insurance rates are going to zoom out of sight. I caught you and the motor's still warm. You couldn't catch a fever in a flu epidemic. And while the body's still warm. You couldn't find your way up an escalator. What'd you say? The body. In the back of the car. 
And you hammed that act almost as much as you did that fake blackout. She called it a nightmare. The body wasn't much to see, just a standard model citizen with a little too much weight and a little too little hair on his head. He'd been anything special when he was breathing as it all gone away like a shout in a high wind. Hellman went through the suit, but all that turned up was a hole in the pocket and some chicken feed change. I needed to find out what was going on, and I needed to find it fast. I figured a good place to start was to look up Lydia Reynolds. I'd taken her address off the car. It was a nice place, a cozy 16 or so rooms done in neat white marble. Set back from the rabble in St. Francis Woods behind enough lawn out for the golf course. A butler answered my ring. An easy six feet of well-collected muscles. He led me along a flock of Persian rugs. I ended up in a living room a little smaller than the, the young museum. Lydia was over by a window. She wasn't glad to see me. She wasn't mad either. Just polite. Did you have a pleasant drive? I'll settle for exciting. Do you always steal cars like that, or is it something you just developed? What am I supposed to do with that? Is the question strange? If you knew my neurotic friends, you'd know I have to ask things like that. Yeah, I met one of them. I phoned the police about the car. But I'm glad you changed your mind. Uh, everybody helps. Including a friend of yours who held me up, made me drive away and then slugged me. A friend of mine? He knew you, a tall, handsome citizen with a loud voice and nasty manners. You're describing most of my friends. That doesn't help at all. This one likes jokes. He planted a corpse in the back of the car. You're joking. Aren't you? I mean, this really didn't happen. No, all you got to do is explain away my headache. It means those fears I had weren't just my imagination. Then what do you got? That's a good question, my dear. Maybe you ought to think about it. We were talking. Alone. You're forgetting your manners. Am I? Introduce us, Lydia. Mr. Novak, my uncle, Charles Reynolds. And then you'd better go up and rest, don't you? Think? I want to talk to Mr. Novak. Tomorrow would be better. I'm sure Mr. Novak will excuse you. I'll sit anywhere. It's not my ball game. Charles. Someday, Charles. Excuse me, Patsy. A drink, Mr. Novak? Make it straight. For a change. Perhaps I should tell you that I'm Lydia's legal guardian as well as her uncle. The day's full of news. Those fears of hers are really nothing. Just her imagination. She's a very nervous, high-strung girl. Did you notice? I didn't notice you tried to climb up the walls. Of course, it's not that bad. Well, I'll admit her imagination gives me trouble now and then. The job's tough, but the pay's good. I'll look after my niece. I uh, hope it hasn't inconvenienced you, Emmy. Not so far. She hired me. I'll stick around till she fires me. I'm afraid that's impossible. They used to say that about flying. I told you my niece is highly neurotic. She's not responsible for her act. I'm willing to pay whatever you think. So she so far. I'll leave it that way till she hangs up the phone. You're wrong about that. My niece is not coming down again tonight. You might as well go. Mind if I check that with her? Yes, I do. Are you leaving, or will I have the butler show you out? Never mind the muscles. I'll play your cards this time, at least. This time is the last time. That part is still with her. I tell you, I run this establishment. Yeah? I'm beginning to wonder how. <laughs> Butler showed me out. 
A nice guy to have around if you go for screams in the night. It was quiet and roomy outside. A big, peaceful sky with a moon like a washtub. A little piece of wind playing with the trees on the grounds. Like some old ghosts whispering together. I heard Lydia call the first time she tried. It wasn't much above a breath. She was upstairs at a window. She told me to go to the guest house set on the back of the lot, hidden away in a clump of trees. It turned out to be a little toy cottage like something out of a fairy tale. Lydia showed up while I was still fumbling with the door. I'm so glad you didn't go away. What did my uncle tell you? Did he send you away? He didn't have to push hard. I was ready to throw in my hand anyway. But I need you. Don't you see I need you now more than ever? I didn't contract to play ducks and drakes with a dead body, a muscle-bound butler, and an uncle who goes around saying goodbye. But that's one of the reasons I need you. My father left me a huge fortune. My uncle's been trying for years to get his hands on it. It gets even better. Next we'll be having poison in the highballs. How do I know how far it'll go? Already he's tried to put me in an asylum. Yeah. He was giving me that nervous talk about you. Your death? It's a job for the judge, baby. All right. It's for the judge. And just stay and talk to me. I don't know about that either. Does it sound hard? The last time we talked, someone else finished the sentences with a blackjack. I can make better memories than that. While we're in the files, how come the guy who slugged me knew so much about you? Oh. His name's Post. They call him Two Spots. Do you have to talk about him? I like lights when I'm ice skating. Had it wait till morning? Don't answer. Maybe they'll go away. Time to retire, Miss Lydia. What do you mean, coming here? I'm worried about your resting, Miss. The doctor... Get out of here! You hear? Leave me alone! Very well, Miss, but the gentleman is leaving, and I thought maybe you'd like me to see you back to the house. He isn't leaving you! You're fired! The gentleman's leaving, Miss. And now I'm on no. your payroll. The joint's full of guys giving no. orders. You want to walk out or stumble? Make up my mind for me. No. in close, the show ended and the band went home. When I came to, the bump on my head was matching aches with my jaw. He won that one the hard way, Novak. Are you the prize? What are you talking about? That dead body over there. You must be out for the limit tonight. Oh, help me up. He's a butler. What happened to him? He backed into a knife. It's illegal, you know. Well, the town's full of knives. Anybody could get it to him. I don't see any crowd around. But you're here, ain't you? Where's the dame? Why did you kill him, Novak? Yeah, yeah, of course. But where's the dame? There's something going on around here that I'm not in on. You seem to know all the turns. Open up, and I'm not fooling. You got the story straight, Hellman. After I left you, I came out here to see the dame Lydia Reynolds. We were in here, and the play was beginning to warm up when the butler knocked and tried to throw me out. 
I took a swing and he swung harder. You woke me up. The girl must have done it. Who? Lydia Reynolds? Who do you think I'm talking about? Hitty Lamar? You might as well be, Bob. This way it's your word against eight million bucks. even worse when we went after Lydia. Her uncle blocked us away from the door with a doctor looking over his shoulder. He said he followed the butler out to the guest house and caught Lydia as she ran out. He'd seen us fighting and started in to stop us when Lydia fainted. Then Hellman showed up with a stolen car. And Reynolds talked in a very positive voice, eight million bucks worth. It takes more than an inspector's badge to interrupt that kind of talk. Hellman took it all down in a little book. Then he took me into the Kearney Street Station and booked me on suspicion of two murders in a car heist. He was happy and helpful. Even sent out and got Jocko Madigan to come to see me. Now, Jocko was an ex-medico and a boozer, but he was the best friend I had in town. If sympathy was a crowbar, I'd have been out of the place in ten minutes. Patsy, my boy, I've never seen you look more at home. Uh, go away, Jocko, you bother me. Endurance vile, there must you wake and weep, and all your frowsy couching sorrow steep, uh, to paraphrase Bobby Burns. Uh, go away, my headache. I've come to offer my aid. Anything I can do for you, Patsy, say it and it's done. Uh, you can't help me, Jocko. Oh, don't tell me you really did it this time. No. Then why are you worrying? Have you no faith in justice? You can put together a deaf judge and a bought jury. You can... As bad as that? Oh, go away, Jocko. Weave in your beer for me. Oh, this isn't like you, Patsy Novak. I've called you everything in the way of being a disgraceful citizen, but I've always admired one thing about you. You were a fighter. You never quit fighting. How do you fight eight million bucks in a perfect frame-up? Eight million bucks? Huh. There isn't that much money. I'll try and sell it to Lydia Reynolds. Oh, is she the one who built the frame? No, it's even better than that. I don't know who did it or why. Don't be mysterious, Patsy. I'm too old to play word games. Look, Jocko, I was coming to ride in from Bay Meadows. Lydia picked me up. Then I was hijacked by a guy Lydia said could be two-spot post. Slugged and left with a dead body in Lydia's car. When I went up to see her about it. The butler cooled me. When I came to, he's dead. The girl must have a hard time keeping friends. She wanted to hire me for a bodyguard. She said she was being threatened, but she couldn't put her finger on it. That shouldn't be so hard. She starts out with $8 million worth of bait, so anybody might try for that. Kind of veil. Who's this two-spot character? Anybody I know? Nobody we can use. I think Lydia dreamed him up. Well, he might be worth looking up. You're wasting your valuable drinking time, Jocko. You can't put your finger on a ghost. Oh, you haven't had my experience with the little men, Patsy. So long, lover. <laughs> I sat there after Jocko left and tried to put together something I could use to tell my lawyer. I was still thinking it over when the guard came along and opened up my cage. When I got out to the desk, the sergeant told me Lydia had sprung me. She phoned in and said I couldn't have done it. She also fixed bail. I walked out of the place and started down toward Pier 19, but I didn't get far. A car pulled up. It was two-spot, and he still had his gun. I was tired of arguing, so I got in. How do you like Los Angeles? 
If I liked it, I'd live there. It'll grow on you. What's the caper, Post? You got a dream? Spread it out. I got better than a dream, Novak. I got the best racket since Robin Hood. Including dead bodies? They make you nervous? My racket's better than that. I don't need you lousing up the act. Now who's nervous? I won't be long. I'm going to put you on a train full of sanglers and give you a thousand bucks. Stay down there till you spend it. You're full of dreams. Yeah, don't spend it too fast, Novak. If you come scampering back here before the month's out, you're liable to wind up looking at the inside of a luggage compartment. Like the private dick did. Oh, you know the guy, huh? Here's the station. If you have any more questions, ask information. Remember, Novak, you're tired of breathing. Just show your face around town again before New Year's. If I do, you'll be the first to know it. He followed me into the station and on the train. He stayed right by me until the thing started to pull out. Yeah, it was wonderful. I had $1,000, the name of the guy behind the killings, and a free ride to Palo Alto. When I got off the train down there, I phoned Hellman. He was as helpful as a fireman in a sorority house. You're in Palo Alto? Good. Stay there. Before you go out and arrest some more wrong suspects, maybe you'd like to know who did it. You're full of news, Novak. I guess you think you've found him. Am I calling for help? You wouldn't know it if you needed help. The guy behind the caper is two-spot post. Did you figure that out all by yourself? Lydia said it might fit him, but I needed proof. I got it. You haven't got the right time. Yeah? What's wrong with Two-Spot having something on Lydia? Something that'd quiet her if he tried to kidnap Grab. Are you trying to tell me how Two-Spot works? We've known the guy for years. He runs a bowling alley and makes a little horse book on the side. Kidnapping isn't his style. Did you ever hear of styles changing? He has a $50,000 bowling alley, the Two-Spot in O'Farrell Street. He's not going to risk that. Hey, you're going to sit around on your fat hips and let Lydia be snatched while you check on the tax rate of a bowling alley. I know who did it, right, boy? I just told you. Not unless he's put on a lot of weight. Who is it? You know everything, Novak. I wouldn't think of trying to steal you. Did you know that the body in the car was a private detective? Yeah, so was the butler. Don't worry so much about things. Who was it, Howman? And have you lost up the act? We got the guy covered like a blanket. The next false move he makes will be on his last. And two spots on the town. I hear Palo Alto's a nice place. Now, you just stay down there and look it over. I'm going to look just far enough to find a car. Listen, Novak. I don't want you to come around putting your big feet in the trap. Now, stay out of this. I'm warning you. You ought to get a refit on your plates, Hellman. That sounded like you said you were warning me. I took a taxi back to San Francisco. And the price is easy if you have $1,000. We drove up to St. Francis Woods. Just as we were approaching the Reynolds place, I saw Lydia walking along the sidewalk. She was wrapped up in one of those long capes with a hood. She was walking in a hurry. When I caught up with her, she seemed glad, but she didn't slow down. Come on, Patsy. Walk with me. You run it after something or something after you. Something's after me, Patsy. I'm frightened. You're full of half-talk. Don't you ever open up? I saw a man. At least a shadow of a man. Hiding near a corner of the guest house. Some more of those fears? This man was real, Patsy. He was waiting for me out there. I sat there closing in, and they are. You don't want my help. But I do. I need help desperately. Why don't you give me something to work with? All I get out of you is talk about goose pimples. Oh, I'm tired, Patsy. Awfully tired. 
What you need is a drink. Come on downtown with me. I want to look up a friend of mine named Jocko Madigan. Can't we go to a bar? You don't know Jocko. We flagged a taxi and beat around town for a while. I finally located Jocko in a Market Street trap up near the Civic Center. The place ran all the way through to the next street. I didn't pay much attention with Lydia headed for the back of the place. The joint had the kind of lights that made a girl want to fix her makeup. I was looking around for Jocko, and it was only by accident that I noticed Lydia walked right past the powder room and out the rear door. I started after her, and I wondered why I should. I figured if that was some more of her half-talk, she could have it all herself. I'd had enough for one day. I turned back to Jocko. In walked a dead duck. I'm out of jail, so you're crying. You're out a girl, too. I saw you watching her leave. Yeah, she's a restless type. She dropped you like a leaf. Smart girl. Her name's Lydia. The one I told you about. She sprung me out of jail. Oh, I, I take back the part about her being smart. I had two-spot post bill for the part. Hellman says I'm crazy. Well, he could be right, you know. Why did you pull down your bets on post? All I had to go on was the fact that he was anxious to keep me out of town for two weeks. That could mean something was on the fire. I figured he was doing the cooking. You know, Patsy, I'd like to talk to that Lydia person. There's something fishy in her past. I'd like to know what it is. With eight million bucks, she could afford to be careless. Oh, this is something special. Two spot ties into it somehow. And then there's that uncle of hers. Just name him and we'll put him in jail. Well, there's a lot of temptation when you have eight million to manage for a young girl. Think of what you could do if it all became yours. You can't arrest a guy because he's dough hungry. You know, Patsy, a few months ago, Lydia used to run around occasionally with two spots. He had a little bowling alley out near her home, and she used to go there. So she needed exercise. Then suddenly, two spots sells the little place and moves downtown to this super layout of his. Where do you think he got the money? You just said they ran around together. Well, it could be that, but what if it's something else? Is that all you're going to work with? Well, don't be abrupt. New bowling alley has a guy called Sackhead as manager. Well, good for him, and goodbye. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Sackhead used to be a pin boy in the old bowling alley. When he was sober enough to stand up, that is. Now he's manager. There must be a reason. Yeah, that's better. Let's go see Sackhead. the two-spot alleys, the place was almost deserted. It was too late for the earnest bowlers and too early for the drunks. When I asked the bartender for the manager, he began to gulp air and turn white. I knew I couldn't get anything from him, so I looked around the place till I saw the door marked office. I started that way, but it was a short trip. The bouncer dropped his cigar on the floor and cut across my path fast. Where are you going, bud? I don't need any help. It's private. You can't go in there. I just want to talk to Sackhead. Look that up in your rule book. He don't want to talk. He's out to lunch anyway. Let me find out these things myself. Nobody goes in there, understand? Everybody's throwing up stop signs tonight. <laughs> I can't win all the time. Let's 
get out of here, Jocko. What's all the hurry? I've got to finish my drink. Come on, now. Oh, not even one for the road. Oh, one more back. It's bad for your heart. Now you're bad for me all over, Hellman. I thought I told you to stay in Palo Alto. Well, you two argue. I'll just go back and finish my drink. Stay here, Madigan. Now, what's the fast getaway all about? You can pick up your bets about two spot, not being the one. Is he in there? Yeah. Another night job. Somebody must think it's still Thanksgiving. Look, Patsy, I was sitting at the bar. Well, Madigan. It's going to make it tough on you, Novak. Not any tougher than that bouncer. He saw me go in. If you weren't so busy being a wise guy, I tipped you off. The two spot was a cold trail. All right, Hellman, come out from behind that veil. You knew who did it all the time. Now name him. What's hard about that? Reynolds, of course. What do you got for proof? Something out of a dream book? We checked up on those detectives who were killed. Reynolds hired them to work up a plan on Lydia. He wanted her jailed on suspicion of murder. That would give him control of the money. And, if we and he did, killed two spot because he beat him bowling. He hired two spot and some of his boys to do the killing. If those dicks began to turn up dead, we could get Lydia on circumstantial evidence. It's too bad you two didn't wait a while to be born. They're making a better grade of cement now. Your brain... It has a pretty good, Jocko. If the killings were only on circumstantial evidence, Lydia wouldn't get the chair. They'd probably give her 20 years, and Uncle could keep all with the family funds. I'm going out now to pick up Reynolds. I'd like to see either of you try and come along. Well, what would it be, Jocko? A champagne highball. Uh, look, just because I'm buying... Uh, guess who I saw when uh, you were in two spots office? A bottle of scotch. Yes, and no, I also saw Lydia. Lydia? She ran out the side door. Uh, that could mean anything. She's crazy, you know. I could see it in her eyes. Right then she was crazy. You think she did? Oh, I hate to break up your and Hellman's dream... But a doctor's supposed to know insanity when he sees it. Also, there was blood on the hand. A doctor's supposed to be able to identify that, too, if he's had the but problem. But you can't be present. crazy. I was talking to her. Oh, it could come and go. Besides, she's probably at the stage where drugs can still keep her calm down. I'll bet that's what Two-Spot had on her. She worked off the drug's effects while bowling when something happened that Two-Spot witnessed. Maybe she killed a pin boy. That would fit Sackhead seeing it, too. Yeah, then she did all the killing. Sure, and Two-Spot was covering for her to keep the money coming in. <laughs> you can't blackmail an insane asylum, you Come know. Come on, we better warn Hellman. Warn Hellman? If we do that, the killer might get away. Come on, Jocko. If Hellman gets killed, they might replace him with a cop of the brains. <laughs> the taxi. Ten dollars worth of persuasion made him forget the color of some of the stoplights and we were out there in no time at all. Even before we were out of the cab, I knew it was too late. I could see the guest house lit up in its own flames. The trees around it looked like black skeletons dangling in a firelight. We started running across the lawn, but Reynolds cut us off. It's no good, Novak. There's nothing we can do. Is it Lydia? Yes. We tried to get in, but she's barricaded herself in an inner room. The heat drove us away. That's a hard way to die. I'm sorry I had to lie about the butler's death, put you on the spot like that. I knew she killed him. I was hoping I could get her in an asylum. She had a rough shuffle. And all that dough, all she could buy was a black ace. The American Broadcasting Company presents... Pat Novak, for hire.
Sure, I'm Pat Novak. For hire. Down on the San Francisco waterfront, the only use they have for sentiment is to pick your pocket while you're saluting the flag. If you hang out around there as long as I have, you'll even learn to sleep with one hand on a cash box. So I wasn't expecting any cascade of lilies when Joe Adams drove down to Pier 19. He'd phoned that he was in a hurry and would stop by and pick me up in his car. He'd said he had a quick job for me to do. That was about all I knew about him. I wasn't worried about that either. In my work, you get used to odd-shaped hires, including those from guys who looked like a bundle of twigs with shoes on and drove like they owned the keys to the city. Novak, this is a soft buck. All you got to do is watch the joint. If you keep driving through red lights like that, we'll both end up looking at the ceiling in the morgue. Oh, I disagree with the traffic department. Look, the joint's in North Beach, Vallejo Street. Here's the number. I wrote it down. So you can read and write. What do you mean? What's the pitch? You afraid of mice? No. And there's no extra cars in this deck. Yeah? So far, it makes about as much sense as an eight-fingered glove. Look, I have to meet a guy in Los Angeles. I haven't much time to make my plane. I lost my keys, so I had to bust in the door to get into my place. It was too late to get a locksmith. So I want you to watch until I get back tomorrow. Is that hard? The way you're driving, breathing's hard. You scare easy. I scare plenty. I like to live. Give me a good reason. You wouldn't understand. You expect visitors tonight? Look, I've got some stuff that I'd like to see around when I get back. And stop trying to read between the lines in a steel. It's all in the black type. You can say that about a funeral speech. You still worried about the way I drive? No. Only why take a plane when this is faster. Okay, if you can stop shaking long enough to walk, you can start here. On the way back, I'll look for your brains. Grab a cab. I'll pick up the check for it. And don't knock. Go right in. I'll be seeing you. Probably in four pieces. And keep awake, will you? Some of my neighbors would steal the handle off a blind man's cup. Don't worry. I'll keep both eyes open. You sound like you're saying one thing and thinking something else. About keeping awake? Yeah, what's worrying you, ghost? I'm not buying this show the way you're staging it. Something sour in the deal. Yeah, that's all right, too. Just as long as you don't get any fancy ideas of making me the patsy. Boy, you do scare easy. Yeah, and I pay off bum debts, too. Now I'm getting scared. So long, sucker. <laughs> Adam's joint turns out to be one of those walk-up flats. A nice wooden place that made you want to run for the firebox every time someone dropped a cigarette ash on the floor. The door was smashed around the lock all right, and the lights were out. And I found the switch and began to look around. It showed four rooms full of fancy furniture and decorations that made you wonder about Adam's private life. After I found out where the whiskey was located and pried three cushions loose from the easy chair, I looked around for something to do. There was a bookcase full of mystery stories and this and that. I passed the mysteries up without studying them. I knew that in every one of them, the detective would come out on top. And I knew four private eyes who'd started out on just such trails and ended up in urns in Cypress Lawn. There was one book with a purple cover called Reckless Moonlight with pictures. I was on page 30 with pictures when I was interrupted. They were too manly to make me glad. I jumped across the room and switched off the lights. And I stood just inside the door and waited. He didn't even knock. He came right in. From the back, he looked big enough to be a ten-ton trailer. He was fumbling in his pocket when I broke up the act. I chill up on the pocket pick and this is a gun in your back. 
If you shoot, you'll hit a policeman's badge. Think that over. There's housebreaking a sideline with you, Hellman. I'd know that voice in a nightmare. They blame gangsters for the crime wave. They don't know where to look. Just stand still, sweetheart, till I get my flash working. You want to borrow some burglar tools? I'll settle for some better manners than right now. Where I come from, better manners started with knocking before you come cramming through a door. Where you came from, they didn't have doors. Just a damp rock. What's the idea of turning out the lights? How could I tell who was coming? You don't smell that bad. Do you tell me why you're here, or do I bounce it out of you? Don't worry. You can't parlay it into anything to tell a judge. A guy named Adams lives here. He had to get in in a hurry, broke the lock, grabbed some things, and headed for the airport. He hired me to watch the place till he gets back tomorrow. He hired a bulldog to watch a steak? You don't like this story, huh? What do you want, mad musician? You're mad enough without music. Tell me more. That's all there is till you started whipping in the fancy trimming. I can see that and raise it without even string. You couldn't raise a rumpus on New Year's Eve. No. And how about the murder of Thomas Van Dyke? I must have looked surprised. Hellman was pleased and mysterious. He kept prowling around the house, looking at books, up on shelves and behind the furniture like he expected to find Van Dyke's body there. In the meantime, he filled me in on the case. Van Dyke had been a heavy money operator in show business, sports promotions and such. He ran around with a mink and diamond crowd and did enough charity work on the side to build up a reputation for being a pillar of the community. Everyone was surprised when he turned up dead, including the police. Someone had shot him without leaving any signature on the job. The case had remained unsolved for almost a year. Of course, at the speed Hellman thought, he might have just found out about it. Now he was passing out hints the thing had grown hot again. I was checking through the evidence in file, and I ran across something with Miss. Yeah, grand piano. Some stuff in a diary. Have you been messing around in these books? Is that why you're here? To borrow a book? The diary didn't make any sense at the time of the death. But we turned up a vag the other day who worked with Van Dyke and some of his underground connections. And now Van Dyke's the king of the thieves. Something like that. I put together the stuff this vag told us with some of the things in the diary, and it began to look like pay dirt. There's a book missing. Yeah, the Rover Boys, it's over your head, Hellman. Death in Herald Square, it's called. And don't play that innocent routine too hard or you'll tire it out. You're making about as much sense as a pig in a candy store. The vag tied this address into one of the clues. How do you like them apples? I wouldn't buy them at ten cents a crate. Look, Bright Eyes, I don't like waterfront punks sticking their guns in my back in the dark. I don't like you messing in this racket. Are you unhappy, nervous, run down? I want you to keep your nose out of this scabber, Novak. And if you think that's just a lot of breath, try me. Why should I leave this house just because you're having a nervous decline? Don't think I'm buying that routine about some guy hiring you to watch his clothes while he went flying. You got a lead in this murder and you're trying to track it down. How much is the reward again? Ten thousand bucks. Who said anything about a reward? Yeah, so that's why you're nervous. Keep out of this, Novak. I'm warning you. Yeah, you're hot for the payoff. I should have known you wouldn't get up off your fat. I'm giving you one more chance to get out, Novak. I was hired to do a job, Hellman, remember? All right, wise guy. Come on. Open the closet. Your nose is itching. Open it yourself. Okay, Novak. See any men's clothes in there? Hmm. Not in this year's style. Snap it up, Novak. Haven't you remembered by now that Joe Adams was a girl? All right, so the guy dealt me a joker. I don't mean I'm trying to crash your party. The dame Lewis here is named Dodo Sandberg, and she ain't lonely. But you're going to be Novak, and soon. Dodo Sandberg. Maybe uh, she'll come to see you in jail. You're not booking me, Hellman. I told you to stay out of this, Novak. You got nothing on me but a nervous twitch because you think I might beat you to that reward. I got nothing on you, except housebreaking. Come on down to the station. Uh-uh, deal me out. You want to argue? Hey, hey, who turned out the lights? I'm getting to like that Adams or somebody. Stand where you are, Novak. Sorry, Hellman, I just remembered a date. 
with 10,000 bucks. Hellman chased me, but the way he's built, he didn't have a prayer. He hit the street and doubled around a couple of corners. I couldn't even hear him. When I got back my breath, I walked along for a while and tried to put what I had together. Any way I looked at it, one thing was clear. Joe Adams had played me for a country boy in some setup that had a whole lot more in it than showed on the table. I needed to see Adams to square that deal, but something Hellman told me seemed even more important. I liked the idea of trying my chances of cutting into that $10,000 reward for Van Dyke's death. All I had to work on was a dame called Dodo Sandberg and a book called Death in Herald Square. I looked at the clock and found I still had time to make it to the main library before it closed for the night. So I headed that way. When I got in the place at the Civic Center, it took the librarians quite a bit of scrambling around to get the book, but they finally turned it up just before closing time. I tucked it under my arm and started out of the place when the dame fell in step beside me. A nice set of curves tucked away in one of those new style dresses with so many extra built-in bumps it looked like a sack of potatoes. Didn't I meet you in Scarsdale? The shy type. I used to be. I outgrew it. Uh, keep right on growing somewhere else. You have to be that way. My hobby's books. I noticed. That's why I wanted to meet you. I like the books you choose. Hey, before I pick that up, what's your name? Dodo Sandberg. Watch out for the stairs. So you're after the book, too. I didn't say that. I know. It's my fascinating personality. A very good friend of mine wrote that book. Does my reading it strain your eyes or something? It's very interesting. Now let's talk about you. You get around, don't you? What do you mean by that? What became of Joe Adams? That's a question for his mother to worry about, Patsy. I don't mind helping her. Do they have to be mothers? You need help like Midas needs dough. There's help and help. What if a girl's lonely? You aren't built for the job. Let's get back to Adams in the book. Adams is no problem. He lives at the Standard Hotel on Polk Street. Uh, careless, isn't he, to forget that. And how did you suddenly get a yen to read Death in Herald Square? A cop told me about it. Why? Because there's a better book on the same subject. It's called Death Waits Ahead. Am I supposed to turn that into some kind of warning? It could be. And here's a sample of what I mean. <laughs> She worked fast and smooth as a piston. There was some kind of judo, I guess. I was too busy falling to be sure. The stairs didn't help any. By the time I picked myself up, she was out of sight. And so was the book. I sat there a while and thought about women. When I went back to the library desk, I didn't buy me anything. Seems they only had one copy of the book. It wasn't popular, they said. When I seemed anxious about getting a copy, they sent me to a bookstore on 3rd Street, which stayed open late. By the time I got there, there was nobody in the place except one of the hired help looking bored by the cash register. I asked him for the book, and he quit looking bored right away. He began to look nervous. He said he didn't have the book. He'd never heard of it, and they were closing anyway. Whatever the guy was, he didn't have a card in the actors' union. I guess Crowley realized that as soon as I did. When I said I'd look around anyway, a curtain twitched in the back of the place, and he came out. A big guy with a nasty disposition. You could do better than that. 
Did someone send you to tell me how to live? You're looking for death in Herald Square? Uh, the word's all over town. You ought to be out eating something instead of nosing around where you're not wanted. You ever heard of the prisoner eating a hearty breakfast? That's a warning. You're a third in line. Yeah? Who else is interested? A cop and a dame. Get a team up and work it into three-part harmony. When they warned you, they were just trying to act like bad news. When I warn you, it's certified. You don't look eight feet tall. Put some meat on your skeleton. My name's Pete Crowley. Did you ever hear of me? I must read the wrong funny papers. You've got connections around the city. Uh, you can say that about a sewer pipe. Something's making you twitch. Trot it out where I can see it. Dodo Sandberg tells me you got your nose up in the air over the Van Dyke killing. Uh, does that worry you? I'm hiding right now in Mexico. What's the death's head routine for? Before you run to the cops with a finger, listen carefully. I picked up Bandak's rackets when he dropped them. They pay off very nicely. I like the way they're moving along. And I don't want you or any of the eager beavers from the Kearney Street Station to nose over the apple cart. I came here for a book. You don't look like it. Also, I don't like anybody bothering Dodo. And that includes sailor salesmen and smart guys looking for a new home. She doesn't want anybody ringing her bell, tell her to take the signs out of her windows. You look like a fairly bright boy. Take a tip. Fade out of this scramble while you're still mobile. And if I don't? Stick around and I'll show you my muscles. I'd rather look at Dodo's. Two of my muscles used to be wrestlers. Think it over. <laughs> I began to look more and more like trouble doubled in spades. I began to get the feeling if I planned to sit in the game anymore, it was time to start counting up the cards and seeing how the mirrors were placed. And the best guy for that sort of work was an old alcoholic friend of mine called Jocko Madigan. And Jocko was a one-time doctor around town who gave up his practice when he learned that alcohol made him feel better even when he wasn't sick. Finding him was like taking a phone survey of the downtown bars. I pitched a strike at the fifth one I tried first, he didn't like the idea of moving, but when I told him I was phoning from a third street bar, he said he'd hop a cab. He came in while I was working on my second drink. Patsy, my boy, I'm glad to see you, both of you. Uh, or is that only two heads? Uh, I could use two. That's an involved way of saying you're in trouble. Goodbye. Uh, listen, Jocko, I got my foot in the door of a deal that might pay off big. All you've got your foot in is a dirty shoe, Patsy, and with your usual luck, you'll probably end up with Hellman stepping on it. He stepped on it already. Oh, he did? Good. How is the old walrus anyway? That's what I've been trying to tell you. I bounced into him tonight, and he was hot on the trail of the men who knocked off Van Dyke a year ago. Oh, they're safe. Hellman couldn't put his finger on a fire eater in a darkened room. What do you know about a book called Death in Herald Square? What do you know about the home life of the Macrocephalus Pini Bombix? Uh, as I was saying before thirst choked me off, some people collect seashells, some raise dogs, some go after goldfish or matchbox covers or pretty women, but not Patsy Novak. Oh, no. Patsy's different. Patsy wants to collect murders. Did you ever hear of the book? What book? You're talking too fast. Death in Herald Square. Van Dyke's murder ties into it somehow. Talk sense, Patsy. Things are blurred enough without you jabbering nonsense. Nonsense? I'm not on the right trail. Why have I been warned off three times already, including a threat from Pete Crowley? Are you asking me? Look, Jocko, there's 10,000 bucks reward for the murderer. Well, why didn't you tell me that ten minutes ago and avoid all this verbiage? Well, if you'd get your nose out of that whiskey bottle, oh, you... skip the greeting, son. Let's get on to the money matters. Uh, what do you want me to do? It's an old book. You know where to find it. 
I tried the library, but a dame called Dodo grabbed the dice. I know just how to get it. A friend of mine in the panhandle has a small bookstore and home distillery. Listen, there's a Joe Adams fits in there somewhere. See what you can get on him, will you? Do go on, you fascinate me. Two other people were nervous about me since this thing broke. One is Crowley and the other is Dodo Sandberg. It seems to be tied to Crowley somehow. Can you get a check on him for me? For $10,000, I can get a count on the fillings in their teeth. Uh, is this Dodo Sandberg pretty? Why? I, I want to know where you'll be in case I have to phone. So long, lover. <laughs> I paid for Jocko's drinks and went out to the Standard Hotel. The room clerk gave me Joe Adams' number. He looked a little worried when he told me, but that could have been about a new boss or an old girlfriend. It could have, but it wasn't. Adams' room was on the fourth floor, and when I reached there in the elevator, Hellman almost ran over me trying to get in the cage. He was a nice salmon pink and panting like a bloodhound on a deer trail. He had a gun in one fat hand, a mouthful of verbs and adjectives. Every time I turn a corner... Who are you expecting, Princess Elizabeth? Where did he go? You better shift to the overdrive. You're racing your motor. (laughs) Where's Adams, Novak? Don't start testing your muscles on me, Hellman. You must think I'm your wife. This ain't Playland, Novak. Adams just left his room. Where is he? I'm not in the mood for company, Hellman. You're going to talk. You're going to talk plenty. What's all the pushing around about? Don't pretend you're a country boy. You don't know what's going on. Back up a bit and fill me in. Adams told me he hired you to knock me off. Yeah, and you believed him, I know you don't work that way. But I wouldn't put it beyond you to pretend to go along with the proposition as long as you could milk a few dollars out of Adams. Uh, with your head, it's a wonder you don't believe it that I did it. With my head, I remember that you, you were waiting in a darkened apartment with a gun when I came in. That you ran out on me and that you show up now just when Joe Adams is escaping. Uh, you put two and two together and get 22. You're just a sort of a lousy conniving... What about Adams? Is he the turkey that knocked off Van Dyke? He got away when I started to dial the phone to call the wagon to take... I thought I told you to forget the Van Dyke murder. Hey, you're full of tell, Hellman. Is Adams a one? Pin this into your hat, Novak. I'm closing in on the one who did it, and I don't need you to help with the net. Like you closed in on Adams? Just let me stumble over you once more before I close this up, and I'll bet my badge I'll put you where you'll stand still. And it could be Adams. Do you hear what I said? Yeah. I heard prices are going down, too, but I haven't noticed it much. I can fix that. You're going to a place where the feet is on the house. Don't give me any more of that jail talk, Hellman, until you're ready to come in with some papers. All I need to put you in a cage is a key. Let's go. <laughs> I'll get him. You stay where you are, Novak. He must think I'm a boy scout. That was screwy. That was twice Hellman had tried to jail me and twice someone had fixed a breakaway. Anyway, you looked at that, it still meant somebody wanted me in circulation for some reason. Unless you believed in good fairies, the reason wouldn't be nice. If I guessed hard, I could make it relate somehow to the Van Dyke killing. But all I had for a trail on that was three people being nervous in a hard-to-get mystery book. From the way Adam saved me from Hellman, he looked like a good man to know more about and fast. I knew that after the gun work in the hotel, I'd have to find him somewhere else. The only other lead I had on him was through Dodo. I headed back to her place on Vallejo Street. When she opened the door, she looked like something to fit in a fireplace ad. She was wearing a negligee thin enough to roll up and stuff in a pipe. You bounce back fast. You grow on me. What do you want? Van Dyke's murderer. Who's Van Dyke? You're a stranger in town. You never heard of him. Come on in. I'm having coffee. 
Think you can risk drinking some with arsenic and all? I got a strong stomach. You're a nice-looking guy. You seem healthy. Why do you want to change? Your boy Adams likes to play tricks. If I didn't try to pay him off for the hot foot he gave me, he might feel neglected. Adams is just a flock of nerves looking for some place to break down. Forget him. He tried to put me on a spot where I'd end up killing a cop. The gag laid an egg. Nobody's laughing. Cream in your coffee? Yeah. I'm still guessing why he did it unless he killed Van Dyke. Sugar? Look, he didn't just pick this house out of the phone book. That puts you in line to do some explaining. I wouldn't explain how to turn over in bed until I've had a cup of coffee. You aren't shaken where it shows. Are you telling me how to live? I'd have to start with the way you say goodbye on stairways. You didn't learn that trick in a finishing school. It didn't finish you, but that's just because you're adorable. So's my longing for Adams. Where can I find him? I told you Adams don't mean anything. He just acts busy. He's like a fly, batting his wings off and ending up in the same place. What place? Do I twist it out of you? Oh, that book, Death in Herald Square. Did you find another copy? That's for tomorrow. Tonight it's Adams. You're wasting your time chasing Adams. Concentrate on the book. I'm spreading my fire. How do I know that book isn't just a come on to get me off the trail? In the book, there was a millionaire businessman just like Van Dyke. He had connections in the rackets just like Van Dyke. He had a partner just like Van Dyke. When do I start panning? If you do, it'll be from running from the cops. That's all I'm giving you about the book. I'll get the rest when I pick one up tomorrow. You'll have a tough time doing that, Novak. The bookstores are all out of copies. Uh, you collected them all? Wasn't hard. A car, a telephone, a little bustling about. You're real sharp, Crowley. Till you start looking at a map. I have friends across the bay. You might try Sacramento or Los Angeles, but that would take some time, wouldn't it? I guess time don't count after tomorrow. Not with what you know, sonny boy. Am I being confusing? You make a good try. Well, this won't confuse you. I thought I told you I didn't like Dodo to be bothered. She needs protection like J. Edgar Hoover. And didn't I warn you off this caper? Leave him alone, Crowley. He's harmless. Are you all done in the other room? Yeah. Come on, Novak. I want to make you a little present. There are the books you've been looking for, with only a few pages missing. Yeah, Novak, you can have them. All 50 of them. They're a little scarred, baby, but they'd still make a nice gift. Send them to your friends for Christmas. If any of them can read. You sound like you're ringing down a curtain. That's right. After tonight, you just keep right on guessing. About who killed Van Dyke? No, baby. About how you're going to prove anything. Mind if we sort of run along now? As soon as the lady gets dressed. After they'd gone, I went through the books. Page 187 was torn out of each one of them. I felt like a man in an earthquake. Something told me to run, but I didn't know where to go. Trying to make sense out of what I knew was like trying to put together a dropped cake. I wandered around the place till I found a drink. I was just lifting the glass when the telephone rang. Yeah? Who's ahead, you or the moral squad? Everybody's out in front of me, including Dodo and Crowley. Adams is out of sight. You aren't alone. Dodo and Crowley just went out the door. I said goodbye to them and 10,000 bucks. Was Crowley that big, or, or was it the girl? Crowley isn't worried, neither is Dodo. That leaves Adams... Oh, I uh, I ran down that book of yours. 
Crowley said he bought every copy in town. Every copy in the bookstores. Uh, my friend remembered where he'd sold one. Uh, my friend with the still. We borrowed it. Uh, oh, by the way, Van Dyke wrote the book. Yeah? What's on page 187? Uh, uh, one, let's see now. Yes, uh, a description of Van Dyke's double life on page 187 is a description of the, the front man, the, the gangster. A bad writing job. No wonder it didn't sell. What does it fit? It doesn't fit anyone, Patsy. He only said that the person had a star tattooed on his chest. It's a horse. Now all you've got to do is to get them in a game of strip poker. Get them. They're all gone. It's still a good idea, especially if Dodo sat in. So long, lover. Give me Helen. Inspector Hellman speaking. I got your killer for you. That's that? Who's this? Novak? Yeah. And don't start bubbling about my nose in your business. Business is picking up. You get Adams? Adams? That's good. No, Novak. My stool pigeon got him. That fag I was telling you about. That leaves you the only one knowing. $10,000 worth. Don't think I'm coming after you, baby. You can stay there and rot. So far, I feel healthy. You think you can drag me off the trail after you by this phony phone call? I know who did it. Oh, no, you don't, Novak, but I do. Yeah, fill it in. I just got a phone tip where they're hanging out. So they're sending out invitations. I'll even tell you where they are. It's at the beach near a shooting gallery. I've got a siren on my car. Let's see you beat me out there. It's the first gallery below the ballroom. Look, Hellman, you're the only guy alive who knows the whole story. What if this is a gag? Oh, no, Novak. I'm not biting on any of your phony tricks. Oh, but listen. Save your breath to sob with when you see me pick up that nice fat check. I thought a while, and suddenly the thing fell together like a winning poker hand. As soon as I saw it, I started running for my car. I don't know how it happened, but I beat him out there. I went along the bridge arterials. They're wide and fast. By steal the flock of red lights and nick of the paint off a couple of fenders, I was out through the Presidio and over to Golden Gate Park in no time at all. When I hit the beach, it was foggy and empty. There was only one guy in the shooting gallery. When I got up near him, it turned out to be Crowley. He had a rifle in his hand. And he saw me first, down the barrel of the gun. Don't back up, Novak. Come on in. You were looking for Adams, weren't you? I was looking for a lot of things. He's here behind the counter. Look, on the floor. And did you kill him? Those bullet holes could be twenty twos. Yeah, I killed him. Just as I'll kill you if you get any fancy ideas like trying to grab a gun. What are you saving me for, Christmas? Yeah, you dress up the joint. I want Hellman to walk into the trap just like you did. <laughs> That's why I'm shooting at the targets. Like this. Bullseye. I'm good. You'll have to be good to get away with killing a cop. I hired Adams to do it. He thought he'd get smart and frame you into the rap. That's why he hired you. Did he expect me to kill Hellman that night? Yeah, that's one of his bright ideas. He's full of bright ideas, or he was. He hadn't been so smart he'd still be breeding. It's really very simple. Hellman got on the trail. And he was the only one in town who knew there was a trail, so he had to be killed. He ain't dead yet. You're betting a twenty-two against a police special. I'm live bait. You ought to see the gun Dodo has in the car. You're gonna dry gulch him, huh? He'll be watching me, and I'll be watching you. Let's see you beat that hand. You're forgetting the books. We're forgetting nothing. 
Books don't mean anything unless you put it together with what Hellman knows. Hellman and his stool pigeon. Stool's dead. And here comes Hellman. Adams thought of everything, including mirrors. You thought of everything. Except a quarter. What for? To pay for the reload on that gun. Now, these other guns are only loaded... You win a cigar, Hellman. You got her. She'd have had me if you didn't spray the windshield. What was the deal? Uh, while you were creeping up on Crowley, Dodo was going to pat you on the back. Crowley? Where's Adams? He quit the game. Crowley helped him. Come on. Crowley's coming too. Uh, don't worry. He won't like these odds. What odds? 38 to 22. much of a trial. Crowley got the gas chamber. I got 10,000 bucks. The tax collector took half. Jocko got some, and there was even some left for me. Oh, yeah, Dodo was the one who killed Van Dyke. She and Crowley were sort of a team, but she was the contact and the real boss. Hellman never knew how I was so sure. I never told him I thought it was a man, too, till Jocko told me about the killer being tattooed. After that, it was easy. That negligee of Dodo's only left one thing to wonder about. That was how she kept warm. And now, an important announcement for your listening pleasure. Next week, Pat Novak for Hire and all your KGO programs will come to you by the new power of 50,000 watts. Here's what that means for this program, for instance. Pat Novak will reach a million new listeners all the way from the state of Washington to the Mexican border. The new power and the new transmitter, the finest science can build or money can buy, will make KGO the most powerful station on the West Coast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pat Novak, for hire. That 
That's what the sign out in front of my office says. Pat Novak for hire. It's about the only way to say it. Oh, you can dress it up and tell how many shopping days there are till Christmas. But if you got yourself in the market, you can't waste time talking. You gotta be as brief as a pauper's will. Because down on the waterfront in San Francisco, everybody wants a piece of the cake. And the only easy buck is the one you just spent. Oh, it's a good life. And if you work real hard and study a little on the side, you gotta trade by the time you get to prison. I rent boats and do a few other odd jobs you can't afford to pick it on. Works out all right, if you put your tongue in hock. Because down here, you shouldn't talk. It's like installing a set of drums in a belfry. You make some noise, but it's never the right kind. I found that out a few days ago. Must have been Tuesday or Wednesday night, anyway. I was sitting in the office reading Time magazine when the door opened. I looked up and had to keep right on going, because the guy was so tall he'd have to bend over to see through a transom. And he had a voice deep enough to read out as a bassoon. Good evening, Mr. Novak. I'll take your word for it. You have a small office. I'm small time. What's on your mind? My name is Leahy. I want to hire you. Yeah. Sit down. Are you cold? Yeah. That overcoat around your neck, you're either cold or a priest. Oh. I'm a priest, Mr. Novak. I'm sorry, Father. You got a slow brogue. What do you need? A few hours of your time. I want you to help a man escape from prison. Uh-huh. Father, you'll never get along with a bishop. Mr. Novak, in a curious way, this is an errand of mercy. Well, this isn't my year for mercy. I'm sorry, Father. Maybe you don't like to hear it that way, but if I got the right fee, it wouldn't be mercy anymore. When I say it's an errand of mercy, that's what it is. Sometime tonight, a man is going to break out of Alcatraz. If he's allowed to get into town, he may kill somebody. You want me to stop him? That's right. And if he doesn't kill anybody, he can still be shot down by the police. Well, that's the percentage, Father. If he comes off that rock, he knows that. Stop worrying about him. If you could bring him to me, I know I can talk him into going back. Tell headquarters they'll do the same thing. If I did that, I'd break a promise. This is the only thing I can do. Will you help me? Yeah, I suppose. How do I pick him up? Treadwater in the Bailey comes by? He's due in at Pier 19 sometime tonight. When he comes ashore, bring him to me. I'll be waiting at the ferry building. Well, suppose he doesn't want to come. Suppose he wants to party. How am I going to get him there? I don't ask you how to say the beads. If you're any good, you'll get him there. But you don't want him in sections. I want him all at once, Mr. Novak. I wouldn't ask you this if it weren't important. But i got to help him. He's one of my boys. Yeah, sure. What's his name? Joe Feldman. Feldman? Yeah. If I don't worry about the spelling, you don't have to either. He's one of my boys. Slow down. Nobody's pushing you, Father. I don't know when he's due, but I'll be at the ferry building from 8 o'clock on. Yeah. I only got one worry. Huh? Is there really a guy named Father Leahy? I suppose you'll have to take a chance on that. Yeah, well, it's a big chance. You come in here with a story anybody can see through like a screen door and I'm supposed to buy it. You could dig up a collar. What happens if you're a fake? Just try to guess right. Suppose I don't. Then you're in the same spot Pontius Pilate was. Good night, Mr. Novak. Joe Feldman was, he had a good friend. Because when Father Leahy walked out of there, I knew he was all right. You could tell without even testing him. The way when you pick up a pool cue, you know right away whether it's any good or not. He stood at the door for a minute, and then he walked out. You got a funny feeling that he didn't walk into the night that he was big enough to wrap it around his shoulders and take it with him. I got a last look at him as he turned the corner under a street lamp. He looked even taller now. And you knew if somebody stood him in an oil field, you couldn't tell him from the rest of the derricks. 
Well, I made a couple of phone calls, and then I closed shop and went down to the end of Pier 19 to wait. The bay looked as dark as a bruised crow. The fog was beginning to drift in over near the piers. By 9 o'clock, you couldn't see a thing. You felt like a guy trying to shave in a bathroom full of steam. I was about 30 feet from the end of the pier when a small boat pulled in and let somebody out. I was sure it was my boy, so I moved behind a shed and waited. The boat pulled away, and the guy started down the dock. I waited until he moved past me. Oh, I'm sorry. You ought to be glad. How's the rock? Huh? You lonely, mister? What do you care? If you are by a beer and talk to the bartender, I'm busy. All right, you're tough, Feldman. Let's go now. You got dates for us? You're going to see Father Leahy. Come on. Well, are you doubling for Gabriel? Leave me alone, mister. I don't want to go. Now, look, Junior, if we draw straws, you're going to get the short one. Oh. There's supposed to be a gun in your pocket? Well, you get a chance to find out. That's what I'm going to do, because I have one, too. If it starts to hit your stomach, back down. <laughs> now, where's yours, Mr. Timmett? It's a bad night for bluffing, so goodbye. Yeah, come here. Oh, go easy, fella. It's a big one. Oh, you can let go easy then. Come on, drop it. Drop it in the water. Let go. Uh, you want to start again? No. All right, I'll see you, man, lady. I got to make a stop first. Make it after. It'll take five minutes. Look, mister, if you want to do it the easy way, let me make the stop. You go with me. All right, five minutes, and then you see Father Leahy. Suit yourself. I doubt if I'll make heaven, but if you want to run interference, it's all right with me. If you need the credits, you need the credits. Joe Feldman wasn't very friendly. He sat over in the corner of the cab and he didn't say a thing. He just kept looking at me and waiting, like a guy feeding arsenic to a rich aunt. A few minutes later, the cab pulled up in front of a hotel on Geary Street and we walked in. One look at that lobby and you got the idea. The place was about as cozy as an abandoned mine shaft. Over by the wall, there was an old mohair couch, and the legs on it were so warped, pretty soon it was going to look like period furniture. There were a few chairs, and over by the stairs, a faded calendar of a girl in tights holding a jar of mayonnaise and winking, whatever that meant. And there was a broken clock over the desk. But you knew it was all right, because nobody there cared about keeping track of time. It was something you got rid of in a hurry, like a bent quarter. When we went up to the second floor, we walked down a long hall that smelled like an anteroom to a sewer. When Feldman knocked on the door, she opened it right away. The room was full of taboo. She stood leaning there for a minute, a sort of a girl who moves when she stands still. She had blonde hair. She was kind of pretty. Except you could see somebody had used her badly, like a dictionary in a stupid family. Feldman seemed to know her. Hello, Ann. Well, the harvest hands arrive all at once. Yeah. It's good for the crops, but tough on a woman. Come in. Who's your friend? A missionary, I guess. He grabbed me down by the docks. Does he talk or just stand there looking healthy? He growls a little. Do you really growl? Come on, hurry up, lady. Your friend's got a date. I'll bet you bite instead. Don't worry about him. He can go over in the corner and play fifth wheel. Now, look, he's got five minutes. Use him quick. Yeah? I, uh, came up with a message, Ann. The time's been changed. Stay around till 10 o'clock. All right. Is that all? Yeah, that's all. You want the other four minutes? Let's go. All right. Open the door. Yeah. You didn't open it fast enough. (laughs) 
Feldman hit me, I wobbled for a minute and went down like a price of winter wheat. If Father Leahy had any loose prayers lying around, now was the time to crate them up and ship them over, because I wasn't going to stay awake long enough to test the varnish. I rolled on the floor a couple of times, and then I took a rain check on the next couple of hours. When I woke up, it was like buying a new Nash and then finding out you can't drive. Joe Feldman was lying next to me with his throat cut like a pound of rib roast. His head was over to one side and his body was twisted over the other way as if he couldn't make up his mind which direction to die in. I got up and rolled him on his back. He was grinning like a Pullman porter at the end of the line and his mouth was half open as if he expected you to drop in a suggestion on your way by. I noticed right then how thin and small he was. About as fat as a shadow and tall enough to scrape his head on a lampshade. Well, there wasn't anything I could do but wish him luck. So I called the check stand at the ferry building and had them page Father Leahy. About two minutes later, he answered. Hello? Father Leahy? This is Novak, Father. Yes? Call in the outfield. Your boy's dead. I see. What happened? Somebody didn't like him lots. I wasn't around for the main event. Where are you? On the pier? No, I'm in some cave up on Geary Street. He wanted to come by here first. Father, who's Ann? I don't know. Has Feldman got a girlfriend? He's got two sisters, I think. One of them's named Ann. A tall blonde with lots of speed? That's your definition, but it'll probably do. Now, she was around for a while, in case you ever want to check. What are you going to do? Get on the back stairs and pretend I never heard of Joe Feldman. I'm sorry, Mr. Novak. I'm sorry it worked out that way. So am I, Father. If you liked him, I'm sorry. He may have been a nice little guy. Huh? Well, I could do without him, but if you like it, I'll say he was a good little guy. How oh, little? I don't know. We could start a picket fence with him. Why? Because you've got the wrong man, Mr. Novak. Huh? If he's under six feet, you've got the wrong man. Whoever you've got up there isn't Joe Feldman. Well, he's happy about it now, Father. Whoever he is, I'm sorry. It's the percentage. Why the percentage? If it isn't Joe Feldman, why? That's the waterfront, Father. If your name's Joe Nobody, you still can't do better than eight to five. Joe Feldman was smart. If you're going to get your throat cut, it's a good time to send in a substitute. As soon as Father Leahy hung up, I knew hanging around that hotel was going to be a waste of time, like sending mash notes to a bearded lady. If I couldn't prove the guy was alive, they were going to charge extra down at the desk. And if Hellman down at Homicide ever found out I brought the guy up here, I'd have about as much chance as a bottle of scotch at a cocktail party. So I picked up my hat and started for the door. I looked at him once more, but... He wasn't going to say goodbye, so I started out. Boo. Oh. Hello, Hellman. Expecting me, Novak? No, I'd have rolled him first. Yeah. Invite me in. Crash the party, Hellman. You'll be more at home. All right. He sure looks lazy. Who is he? He's supposed to be Joe Feldman. But Feldman let him do the hard work. They must be good friends. You better check. I don't know the guy. Yeah, help me roll him over. Okay. Here, here's his wallet. You let me have it. You're going to break your fingernails. Give it here. All right. Yeah. No money in here. You're going to drop the case? Here's his card, Mike Greeley. Oh. Didn't he like you either? You're wearing out the rug, Hellman. I don't know the guy. You brought him up? I checked at the desk. Well, check on who left then. I brought him up here on a phony lead. Why? Because I was hired to tow him around. He liked the room, so we dropped by. And he cut himself shaving? I wasn't around. There was a girl here for the handshakes. What kind of girl? I don't know, Hellman. How many kinds are there? Her name was Ann. She had a fast pulse. That's all I know. You must know more than that. If you don't, you'll never get a lawyer. I won't need one. You'll save money at least, because you've got a real hole this time, Novak. We get a phone tip and find you in the murder room. You've got half a story, Hellman. I know, but I'll get the other half. 
Until then, you're under technical arrest. It's practically the real thing. Oh, you got a technical head, Hellman. I wouldn't tip myself off. Somebody else would. Walk around, Novak, and tire yourself out. Because you'll wind up sitting down. In the meantime, I'll have you tailed. Your men couldn't follow a moose through a revolving door. Now, look, Hellman, I'm going to double back. This guy's a phony lead. I was supposed to meet a guy named Joe Feldman, but he never showed up. He didn't? No. I got a dead copper to prove he did. Your boy, Joe Feldman, killed a sergeant named Grubb at the Gold Rush Club Club a half hour ago. You better start that walk, Novak. Two kind of raps you can't ever beat. Cheating a woman with kids and killing a copper. So I knew Joe Feldman could put in for reservations right away. And I knew Hellman would stay with him like a February cold. He'd stay with the whole thing. And I'd have a real tough time explaining. I couldn't explain it to myself. What about the message up in that room? Why did the little guy tell Ann to stay until 10 o'clock? Why did he get off at Pier 19 instead of Joe Feldman? Once he got there... What was Feldman doing at the Gold Rush Club, and why did they spot him so fast? Well, it pointed to one thing, a police tip-off, but that's as far as I could go. On the way down, I stopped at the desk, and I asked the clerk to see the register. He pushed it over toward me. It was a dirty brown thing that looked like an old tortilla somebody had left behind. It didn't do any good. The registration was a phony. Well, I had to do something in a hurry, so... I looked up the only honest guy I know, an ex-doctor and a boozer by the name of Jocko Madigan. He's a good man, and he used to be a smart one, too. And still he started chasing a jigger of beer with a glass of whiskey. I finally found him in the Pied Piper room arguing with somebody about the words to Annie Laurie. Ah, Patsy, a drink for Mr. Novak. Something cheap but impressive. Oh, stop it, will you, Jocko? Are you going to be drunk all your life? Yes, it's only a matter of willpower, Patsy. I'm probably the only man in the world who intends to carry a hangover into eternity. Well, stop long enough to give me a hand, will you? I'm in trouble. Of course you're in trouble. You'll always be in trouble because you can't recognize it, Patsy. You're fuzzy, Jocko. You have the social outlook of a bull with a hot foot, and there's no hope for you because if from time to time a moral feeling does sweep over you, you mistake it for influenza and go to bed. All right, all right. Oh, you try hard enough. You go through the motions, Patsy, but you never get anywhere. You go stumbling through life doing a tight wire act on a rubber band. You're always in the middle. Will you listen to me? It's because there's no variety in your life. You won't allow it. You're a broken-down banjo. Not a very good instrument to begin with. And to make matters worse, you allow everybody to come along and pluck the same string. All right. Are you all through now, Jocko? Yes. You sound angry. I think you have a bad disposition, too. What kind of trouble? Well, I tried to help some guy out of prison tonight. You got drunk and thought you were the parole board? No, I did it for a good guy, a priest named Leahy. Yes? The guy was already out, and Father Leahy was trying to hurt him back without getting shot. But this guy Feldman didn't want to play. Another drink will clear this up for me? I picked up the wrong guy. I took him to a Geary Street hotel. I napped a while and I cut him up like a piece of parsley. Sounds like a gruesome hotel. The dead guy's name is Mike Greeley. I don't even know who he is. Well, this is no time to start building a friendship anyway. Uh, who is in the room? Some girl. She may be Feldman's sister. Would she kill a man? Well, if she did, he'd be crushed to death. No, I'm sure somebody else came in that room. You better talk to Feldman. Well, he's a hard man to reach. A sergeant almost made it tonight. Feldman shot his way out of the Gold Rush Club. Hmm, that's one way to get out of a nightclub. Well, Hellman steamed up, so you got to help me, Jocko. 
You'd better look up Father Leahy. You'll probably be electrocuted, and if you are, he may have some drag. I want you to go down to the Chronicle Morgue and pull the clips on Joe Feldman, will you? Get everything you can, and then hit the horse parlors. Find out what they know about him, huh? Maybe he's a heavy drinker. I'll check the bar. Jocko, wake up and get on there. If I don't pace Hellman on this thing, I'll be a dead pigeon. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. You might start cooing. Good night, lover. <laughs> As soon as I left Jocko, I went down to the Gold Rush Club on O'Farrell Street. It was a little nightclub where they charge 80 cents for a drink of whiskey that'd kill a redwood. The floor show was just as bad, and the headliner was an oriental dancer whose only talent was a zipper. I sat at the bar, and I tried to pry some talk loose, but they liked the boss. I finally got a hold of a fat waitress who should have been wearing a harness instead of slacks. She told me a little. The owner was a guy named Charlie Giffen. He used to make book with Joe Feldman. She told me that Joe's sister worked at the Gold Rush Club for a while, but she got sick a few months ago and quit. I asked the girl if tonight's shooting was a police plant. She didn't know, but she said that Feldman had been in to see Giffen tonight, and on his way out, he ran into trouble. I gave her five bucks, and she looked hurt as if somebody had given her a plow for Christmas. She showed me where Giffen's office was, and I walked back there. Giffen wasn't there, but the taboo was. Do you have the right door, Mr. Novak? You seem to be in all of them. Do you mind if I lean in the doorway? No, but I'll bet you need shoulder pads by this time. Where's Charlie Giffen? Why? I want to ask him about Joe Feldman. Ask me. I'm his sister. I'll ask you about Mike Greeley. Who killed him? I don't know. Is he dead? Yeah, he couldn't stand the bleeding. He was all right when I left. What were you doing up there? Waiting for Joe. My sister and I were going to meet him up there. Relax, Mr. Novak. Relax for me. No, when people relax for you, they do it on the floor. I was out long enough for homicide to catch up. They want me for Mike Greeley, but I'm going to send him you or Joe. You're forgetting my sister Norma. Should I? For most things, yes. But she was up in that room tonight after me. I'll ask her. Ask her about the money, too. Then you're out in front of me on that. You can see me better that way. Joe had a lot of money on him tonight. With the police out, he wouldn't carry it with him. By now the money's gone, so's Norma. Oh. Do you know where it is? No. Well, you growl and you bite and you lie. You must have a full day. Sit down, relax. I want to see Giffen. He won't be back tonight. Now lean back. That's it, Patsy. You really want that money. I can split a motive. Can you split it 90-10? If you can't, you better get your breath back. I won't need it. I don't want to talk anymore. Come here and make me stop. Over close. If I get any closer, I'll be on the other side of you. Yes. Patsy, you ought to get time and a half, darling. Hello, Anne. Thought you were coming in to curl up with a good book. Uh, Mr. Novak came by full of questions. This is Charlie Giffen, Patsy. I got some questions for you, too, Giffen. Well, ask him down the bore of this gun. Over to the desk, Novak. Did you lose that knife, Giffen? By the desk. That's it. Where's the money, Novak? I gave her the last report. Where's the money? Joe gave it to somebody. Try the Red Cross, mister. <laughs> you got a tender face, Novak. Now get out of this club before I slap on a cover charge. <laughs> three hours, I'd seen more service than a mix master in the cooking school. When I left the Gold Rush Club, I dropped by headquarters. Hellman had nothing to show but his badge. They had a dragnet around the city for Joe Feldman, and they'd lined up the record on the dead guy in the hotel. He'd been a friend of Joe's before his trip to Alcatraz. There wasn't much I could do. If Homicide couldn't find Joe, I couldn't find him. 
So I looked up Norma Feldman in the phone book. She had an apartment out on the avenues, but when I called, there was no answer, so I tagged by my apartment to see if Jocko had left a message. When I opened the door, Norma was there, and she had a gun to keep her company. Come in, Mr. Novak. Yeah? I came up here to kill you. Well, if you're Norma, the rest of the family's ahead of you. What's happened to my brother? I don't know. Please, what's happened to him, Mr. Novak? Well, if he killed a cop, he's hiding out. I know he didn't mean to do that, Mr. Novak. Joe's not that way. Somebody told the police he was going to be there. That's why I came up here to see you. Oh, put down the gun, huh? You can't shoot through the tears. Mr. Novak, if you know where he is, tell me. Make him give himself up. Make him stop hiding like a small, frightened animal. You look big to that copper. Please. Please find him. <laughs> yeah. Hello, this is Jocko. Yeah. You sound ruffled. Joe Feldman's sister just walked in to kill me. Don't argue. It's the best offer you've had. What'd you find out? Feldman has two sisters. I know. They both go to pieces. The gold rush club is owned by Charlie Giffen. He owed Joe Feldman $2,000, and the horse people say Joe collected it tonight. Well, that fits in, Jocko. Everybody in town's after that dough. They'll have to look some more. Hmm? I'm out on Aquello Boulevard. Homicide just fished Joe Feldman out of the gutter. If Homicide finished second, he was a lucky guy. He didn't have the dough on him? No. Well, he stashed it somewhere. Then he left it with a woman. Yeah? Because he's got a woman's compact in his pocket, you uh, better hit the sister's place. How do we know he got it there? A woman's compact? If he didn't get it there, Alcatraz is getting too social. The minute Jocko hung up, things began to fall into place. But I knew the last piece was going to pinch somebody hard. If the Feldman blood was going to turn bad, Father Leahy was a good man to send in, so I called him. He was out, but I left word for him to get out to Norma Feldman's apartment. Norma and I left, and on the way, we picked up Hellman. When we got out to her place and started up the stairs, we could hear people moving above. There was no point in trying to keep quiet, because Hellman was creeping up the stairs like a stallion with a broken leg. Ah. Yeah, if you got a bomb, touch it off, too, huh? Well, open it, Hellman. Hello, Novak. Did you find the dough, Giffen? You mean my stolen dough? Yeah. Come on, Ann. No, you and Ann better wait. This is Hellman from Homicide. We're leaving. You better move, Novak. Not until you settle a murder rap. Can you pay it off that fast? I can do it on the way to the door. Oh, wait a minute. Point the gun at Hellman. He's official. I can tag you both, so move away. You too, Norma. Ann and I are leaving. Look, Giffen. Homicide gobbles up nightclub big shots like you. You're nothing to me, copper. Move away. You got the hammer. Use it and come on through. All right, I will, copper. Hey, yeah, hey, you need a refill, Giffen. That's right, darling. Hand him your gun. Ann, and you couldn't have done that. You couldn't have taken him out. All right, so they fell out. You better take him for murder, Hellman. You little bum. That leaves you all the money. I can spend it, darling. Well, you better do it fast, then. Grab him, Hellman. Yeah, yeah I got him. Oh, you can fucking pull both murders. My Greeley and my brother. I'll testify and I'll ride there in a cab on your dough, Giffen. Yeah. Are you going to pose or take me, Hellman? If you're anxious. Sorry about you, Norma. You get nothing out of this, but that's better than I got. Goodbye, Ann. Lots of luck. Thank you, darling. You know what kind. I hope you're rock. Come on, Hellman. I'm ashamed of you, Ann. Leave me alone, Norma. I'm ashamed of you, Ann. What you did to Joe, I'm ashamed of you. Leave me alone, Norma. I'm sick, you know that. I didn't know how it was going to work out. Poor Joe was trying to help you when you got greedy. He was trying to help you. 
That's the only reason he came out. You let this happen. I told you I didn't know how it was going to end. I thought they'd get him and take him back again. There's no good in you, Anne. They couldn't find good in you anywhere. You let that happen to Joe. You stood by and watched him walk into something like that. All right, I stood by. What can we do about it now except weep, and that won't help him. But hating you will. That'll help Joe a little. I'm here at least to hate you for the short time left. Please, Norma. He hasn't told you to spend it fast. Well, you better. You better spend it fast. Ask him at the hospital if that isn't so. What do you mean? Ask him out there what you've got. They told him. You ask him what you've got. Ask him what's tearing you to pieces. Ask them, they'll tell you. They'll tell you you've got cancer. Norma, please. They'll tell you cancer. Ask them, they'll tell you you're full of it. Now spend your money. Spend your money and see that it lasts as long as you do. <laughs> <laughs> some people, I guess. All they get is unhappiness. They wear it the same way you'd wear a sports coat, only they never seem to get a new one. I'm sorry about tonight, Mr. Novak. I'm sorry it's not a smoother world. Yeah. But if it were, you'd be out of a job, Father. See you later. first break, you never run the table. That's what happened to Joe Feldman. Charlie Giffen owed him dough and wouldn't pay up. But Joe didn't care until Norma showed up and told him how sick Ann was, so he decided to collect from Giffen and divide the dough between the girls. Father Leahy couldn't stop him. All he could do was try and make it work out. Joe was going to get the dough and meet the girls in that hotel room, but he changed his timetable and sent Mike Greeley up to tell the girls. Giffen showed up there and figured that Mike had tumbled to a double cross, so he killed him. Anne engineered the double cross, but she didn't mean to go that far. She wanted all the dough and tipped off Giffen. He was supposed to turn the dough over to her and then have the police pick up Joe, but Joe got there early. He took the dough away from Giffen and shot the copper on the way out. Giffen followed Joe and killed him out in Arguello, but the dough was gone. He finally tumbled to Norma's place, and that's how her apartment filled up so fast. Well, Hellman asked only one question. What did I get out of all this? Nothing. Father Leahy offered me 50 bucks, but I didn't want it. Jocko was with me, and he offered to give it to charity. I guess he did, because where Jocko spent it, the drinks aren't worth money. Novak for Hire was previously released by ABC, the American Broadcasting Company, for listeners in the United States, and rebroadcast for our men and women overseas.
is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.